This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Well, New Life, here we are, Christy and I. We're going to have a conversation with you. I, I just want to say I love that song that Matt and Vivian just did, Oceans. Mm. Oh my gosh, yes. That, that song has been so key in our story mm-hmm. and in our life. That song really led us into Canada, mm-hmm. and we had it on repeat as we were stepping back into California coming out. And I think for this year, for 2020, it's something that I'm really holding on to. Mm-hmm. Um, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Just this belief that God is at work in the story, even when we're going into things that feel like they're beyond us mm-hmm. or scary. Mm-hmm. So I've loved that. Um, but that's what we're going to be doing today. Chris and I are going to be reflecting on this year, on 2020, uh, having a conversation together. When we first got married, we got some great marriage advice. Uh, from some friends from the Dugans. What did they tell us? They were talking about um, the importance of just sharing your day-to-day life and sharing about your day, whether it's exciting or mundane, but just taking the time to share every day about the things that have happened. Yeah, so we're going to kind of put that into practice as we reflect on this entire year and invite you into that conversation with us. Um, But this has been a crazy year. I was Mm -hmm. just doing some stats. So here's some basic numbers for us. Uh, We arrived as a family in January, on January 16th. Okay. And so that was our arrival day. We had that on the the schedule. Before we even get to January 16th, somewhere in the end of 2019, uh, a couple weeks before we we left, do you remember what I said to the family about how we knew it was going to (laughs) go, how everything was going to be correct? Yes, 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 I remember. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a movie nerd. So I saw that Disney's Jungle Cruise was supposed to be released in June of this year. So I'd said to you and to the girls, if in June we're sitting in the movie theater in Petaluma watching Jungle Cruise, we knew everything went according to plan. <laughs> and you said, and if not, and if then not, something has gone terribly wrong. Yeah, and if not, something has gone, yeah, oh my word. So You were right. something's gone terribly wrong it's called COVID so what a crazy year crazy year that we've been in Uh, so we arrive on January 16th Uh, I think that was a Thursday we rolled in and uh, some of you met us here in our apartment and you helped bring the stuff that was being shipped and like thank you like that was our first sign that this is a church that really like rolls up the sleeves Mm -hmm. and does life together so that was a beautiful moment Um, and then then we had about seven Sundays Mm -hmm. until Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Until COVID hit. And so, like, the, the math on that would be um, we have had 346 days as of the Sunday. Wow. 346 wow. days since we arrived. So, we're coming up on almost, almost our first year. But 283 of those days have been in shelter in place. That's crazy. Uh, and so, we've had 49 Sundays all together. 42 of those Sundays have been in shelter in place. That means that over 80% of our time here with you mm-hmm. has been in this kind of reality. <laughs> so shelter in place. So, um, yeah, to say our entry has been limited mm-hmm. is not an understatement. I feel like there's been so many limitations of stepping into this new context with new life and becoming church and finding friends and family has been a challenge. Um, but we have experienced some good things mm-hmm. along the way, some things that we could look at and say, oh, that was really neat. Like, mm-hmm. what about you? Like, for you, what have been some of the neat things or highlights, maybe, mm-hmm. as we look at this year? Highlights of 2020. Well, I think 
first of all, I think just experiencing the warmth of new life. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you guys have been so encouraging to us. And it's crazy. We've been at a year almost like this. But I feel like I know you through the patio services, through the chat space on Sunday, through the cards and letters and just messages of encouragement. This New Life is a warm and loving and caring church, and we're so grateful to be Mm -hmm. part of it. So that's been a highlight for sure. Um, I think another highlight for me has been coming on board the staff team. I wasn't really sure when we stepped into this role what my role would look like, and uh, so amazing to be able to... Uh, to be welcomed onto the team and to to have a role. And I think it's hilarious that my very first day in the office was the day that the governor announced shelter in place. (laughs) It was just like, whoa, whiplash. Like, Welcome to the team. And I think ultimately I thought that this year was going to be a year about me, for me at least, building the church. Mm-hmm. And what, I, and what I found was actually that this has been a year where God has been building me, um, and mm-hmm. that's been beautiful. It's been unexpected, but it's been beautiful, and He's been building me um, through more time at home. You know, just getting to know our daughters on a deeper level through crazy circumstances and just being dependent on Him for everything. Um, I do feel like this has been a year of trial. It's been a year of stretching. Mm-hmm. It's been, but ultimately God is using it to build me. And I'm so grateful for that. So I can include that in the highlights. Nice. Good what highlights. about you? What about, uh, well, obviously Mexican food <laughs> <laughs> coming back to California. Oh, so good. And I, I've had some conversations with some of you from Texas and I know you don't think California Mexican food is legit, but it is. Uh, Elroy's. <laughs> All the way. Uh, that's so that's been great. Uh, shrimp burritos. Shrimp burritos. Those have been really yum. Um, but I, I think also has been just the the times that we've been able to engage and interact with people in our church context. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll up our sleeves with you, and and not just do the collaborative stuff we've had to figure out in this medium, but actually like like create things together. Mm-hmm. Um, so those have been neat moments along the way. It's just like, it's almost like a little appetizer mm-hmm. of what can be the case uh, when we're on the other side of this as we're walking together and, and just building on the strength that's here with you as we step in. Uh, I, that's been good. And I look forward to getting more fully into that mm-hmm. uh, in a future state. Um, so I think those are some of the neat things for me. Some neat things for you. Um, but obviously, this has been a really hard year. Like, I don't think this is a year anyone would sign up for. None of us would have signed up for 2020 had we seen it unfolding um, in our own lives and stories, the impact, like, not just for us, but for many of you. And, I mean, as you look at this year, what have been some of the struggles? Or what's been, like, the biggest challenge that you've had to figure out, that you've had to navigate? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the biggest challenge for me has honestly just been my own thought life. You mm. know, um, when you experience a year like this year where it just feels like there's one thing after another from COVID to racial tension to elections, um, it's easy to 
kind of dwell on those things and make them the main thing. I think as Christians, we know that our faith is in Jesus, that Jesus is bigger than our circumstances. But when it comes to the daily in and out of our thought life, Mm -hmm. at least for me, I found I was giving the negative way too much space in my head. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a key verse for me in the season has been Philippians 4, 8, which says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely Mm. and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And, um, you know, this year I had to kind of make that decision that, okay, these crazy circumstances are happening, but I am not a victim. Like I can choose how I respond to these things. And I, and so when I would find myself on a certain thought pattern or maybe consuming too much media or um, I had to really like discipline myself to say, okay, is this something that I want to be thinking about right now? Is this something that is good, that's helpful, Mm -hmm. that is of God? And if not, then I had to put it down and just mentally kind of take control of my thought life in that sense. Um, so whether that would be going for a walk or cooking with my kids or putting on some worship music or the beautiful thing about 2020 is there's so many amazing churches that have all gone mm-hmm. online in this season. And I found myself just able to turn on YouTube and get some encouragement um, whenever I needed it. And, and that's been amazing. And so I think you know, I got to take a, a Greek course. Uh, you and I started running mm-hmm. um, again. And so just trying to really um, recognize that this is a crazy year. There's so many hard things going on. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I have control over myself and my thoughts and my mental health and um, the challenge of just kind of stepping into that and taking hold of that for myself. That's the biggest challenge for sure. So as you think about that, like they say, whoever they are, but they say like in every challenge, there's always an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So as you reflect on like that challenge you just described, what would you see as an opportunity for yourself or maybe for anyone who would be saying, I I resonate with that same challenge? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the opportunity for this year is just recognizing that this year is a seeding year. Um, and by seeding mean like God gives us seeds, uh, to sow in our life. And, um, I've been in ministry for so many years mm-hmm. and I've seen years of seeding and I've seen years of evergreen. And we, this is a seeding year. This mm-hmm. year is all about working hard, sowing in faith, not really seeing the results um, but just kind of doing the groundwork. And I I think that um, we're going to look back, I don't know, maybe 2025 and, and, and look at 2020 and say, wow, God, like so much of what we're experiencing now is because of the seeds we, we sowed in 2020, this, yeah, of what okay. you grew out of those seeds in 2020. And I remember you sharing something with me somewhere in COVID, like, I can't keep track of time in COVID. It's so <laughs> bizarre. You're like, when was that? But you had shared like just that that phrase, like Joel. I think this is a time where we we need to surrender ourselves to the soil. Mm-hmm. I just remember you shared that that, and it just really struck me because I I was just mm-hmm. wrestling so much. Like God, this is so hard. Like 
why why is it going like this and just that idea like no like that concept you're saying this is a seeding season mm-hmm. and to surrender ourselves this way like god let us be planted mm-hmm. so you can do that work in us that was that was huge for me to say to surrender to that mm-hmm. and that sense of trust to god so yeah definitely yeah i think that that's it's like just allowing yourself to accept the the reality and say, okay, God, like, regardless of this, I'm going to surrender myself to you and your careful hand and, mm. and the soil that is, that we're in, that he's planting us in. Um, I think there's something really beautiful about that. It's, it's a dark time. You know, when you think about being buried, it's, it's dark. It's, uh, mm. it feels like you're dying. Uh, and, but then God does what he does and he, he promises that, you know, what we sow in tears will reap in joy. And mm. so I think um, just recognizing that give and, and knowing that gives us the vision to hang on and hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just feel like sowing looks so meager at times. Like I remember my very first year in ministry when I was in college and uh, I just remember doing stuff like cleaning out closets and vacuuming and, um, you know, showing up mm. early to, and staying late and setting up chairs and just thinking like, God, what, what are we, what is this really accomplishing? And that's how a seating year feels is like, but I think the reality is, is we never outgrow those seating years that God works in seasons. And there's years where, um, you know, we're always called to serve. We're always, that's what a leader is. A leader mm. is a servant and the greatest leaders as Jesus says are the the greatest servants. And so, um, just recognizing that. And I think that this, yeah, this year is a senior year. I remember going to Canada and feeling like, okay, mm-hmm. this, we're just, what are we doing here? We're in the frozen tundra, the middle of nowhere. And those were seeding years and we got to see the seeding years and we got to see the evergreen years. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I believe that we will see the evergreen years here. I think that God is working and he's moving and we can't lose sight of that because the second we lose sight of that, the second we Mm. quit, you Mm -hmm. know, and, um, just keeping that vision front and center is such a huge part of this year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So what about you? Like what's Mm. been a challenge for you? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I resonate a lot with that. I think you've been a voice of encouragement for me uh, mm-hmm. along the way so far in this time. Um, I think for me, there's been the realization that's probably some healing that I've I've needed to let God do, mm-hmm. just from wounds in the story of my life along the way. That's been that's been significant. Um, I I think maybe one of the biggest challenges for me is in the area of discouragement um, when I look at the culture that we all live in together and how divisive mm-hmm. our culture is and how, yeah. how easy it is for us to get sucked into that divisiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this year, 2020, we had three significant events, or I don't know what the right word would be, but three significant things that could have created opportunity to rally together, but seemed as if it just exasperated the the hurt and divisiveness in our culture so COVID obviously comes in mm-hmm. out of left field catches everyone off off guard and like i i don't really know of any COVID deniers i mean I know that group exists but what i've seen is 
kind of the spectrum of response from either like a, a hyper fear or a, a casual, hey, we're going to get through this kind of spectrum. But in that, that spectrum, uh, a judging of people on the other side. Mm. So like it's been fascinating to watch that. You know, like you take a simple thing like whether you should wear a mask or not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people will judge those who impose the mask because you're you're taking away our freedoms. But then people that are are mask like advocates mm -hmm. would be like, How dare you threat you know, there's just this 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 divisiveness that mm -hmm. comes and you see that in COVID. Uh with the re awakening of awareness of the ongoing systemic racism that still exists. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, just, it's horrible and ugly and we saw it like in our faces mm -hmm. with so many of the tragic things that happened this year with, with the racial tensions. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, I'm not talking about people that would deny that that exists. I think within the context of, yeah, we all see it. There's not a clear path necessarily how to respond. And we started to see the rise of cancel culture mm -hmm. really stick its head out in that mm -hmm. arena, especially if you're not responding quickly or the way people wanted you to. And again, a lot of judgment going on and, and, and it created divisiveness. Instead of seeing this as something ugly, let's tackle this together. Mm -hmm. it, it seemed to just kind of rip us apart. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, and then the political year on top of that. Oh my gosh. So stepping into this political yeah. year and it's been fascinating being out of the American context for close to seven years. Not that Canada doesn't have its own issues with this, but it just, it just, I forgot how polarized we are, mm -hmm. especially politically. Um, and just seeing that divisiveness. And, we, and we've got friends that are on the conservative side, the liberal side, the progressive side. I mean, whatever the labels are, we've got friends that are there. And we, we fall somewhere in that. We're conservative compared to liberals or liberal compared to our I mean, we're, we're in that mix. But again, just watching how we attacked each other hmm. over our differences. Yeah. Um, like, it was so discouraging. I, I stepped out of social media altogether. Mm -hmm. It's probably been about three months now because mm -hmm. it was almost becoming toxic for my soul. Mm -hmm. um, seeing, and I wasn't even engaging per se, mm -hmm. uh, but that was such a, a discouraging thing for me in this year because it's so hard already. Mm -hmm. Why are we giving so much grief to each other on top of that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'd say that's, that's probably been the biggest challenge. One of the, one of the biggest for me. Definitely. Um, you know, so. So what opportunities do you see kind of in that? Well, I, I mean, I think this is the incredible thing for us as as followers of Jesus. Um, that, that it's sometimes in those darkest moments that the church can shine the most brightly if we will actually be the church mm -hmm. that Jesus is calling us to be. Capital C Church, but also us, New Life as a church. And, and I think the the opportunity in that is to look at what's going on and just say, Hey, before I have an allegiance to a political ideal, mm -hmm. I have an allegiance to Jesus. Absolutely. And, and that transcends everything else. Mm -hmm. It's not that I don't have convictions about other mm -hmm. things in my life. It's not that I have to only be one political persuasion or mm -hmm. something or, or whatever those are, but there's something that is in my life and my story and it's Jesus. And, and if I let him lead me first, Mm -hmm. then I can be a loving liberal or a loving conservative mm -hmm. and love those who are different than me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the opportunity is, is we let his spirit guide us and lead us, uh, produce the fruit of his goodness in us, so mm -hmm. love, joy, peace, patience, because all those things, um, we can actually show our world something really beautiful. Because uh, the, the divisiveness that exists is is 
ugly, but our culture is just drawn to it almost like like flies to ointment. <laughs> it's really sad when you see that. Mm-hmm. Unity around Jesus is so attractive, but it's not necessarily something people jump on board with. And I think if we can practice that in our relationships with one another, we can show our world and show our culture something really beautiful about Jesus in our stories. And it becomes this invitation to to come and see and experience him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when Obama was elected the very first time. We were living in LA and we had a small group of friends and we knew where our friends were in that, that spectrum of political persuasion. And so we met the day after that election and safe group of friends. We knew everyone really loved one another. And we said, okay, who voted for who and why? And to me, that was one of the most beautiful examples of being Christians together, mm-hmm. having our, our, our thoughts and beliefs, but valuing and wanting to understand versus destroy. Mm-hmm. And I think what a beautiful opportunity if we can do that together and in our world around us. Um, so I think as, as discouraging as it is, the darkness is always an opportunity for us to show the light of Jesus in our lives mm-hmm. as we walk together. And, and embrace that unity he calls us to uh, that doesn't, doesn't destroy our differences, mm-hmm. but allows us to have unity in the face of those differences. Yeah, I feel like in some ways, like this year, like I haven't, that's part of the struggle is like not feeling like we fit into one category categorically because we belong to the kingdom of God and that's first. And so we're not going to just automatically fit in this box or this box it's like there's all these different things did you feel like that uh-huh. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's part of the i think the struggle of that that discouragement was already the isolation we're not dialed in yet with our new context and family yeah. but we're also like i don't where do we fit you mm-hmm. know and it's like well i belong to you so help me yes. follow you um so i think that's that's been i think a part of it and you know, and, and, and yet, like, we're, we're coming to the end of this year. So 2020 is wrapping up. Thank uh, God. <laughs> everyone's like, yes. But I think the reality is when January 1st hits 2021, it's not like reset and it's over as much as we would look forward to that. But but there is a sense where it's like, God, we look into this new year with a sense of anticipation, mm-hmm. uh, a sense of expectation of what, you, what you're going to do and what you have for us. And so... Yes, we're so excited to get beyond 2020 and move into the new year. But as you look into 2021, what are you excited for? Oh, my gosh. Well, I I am excited for the Great Reset. Uh, All right. And I hope it happens in 2021. And I know we're not supposed to say we can't wait for things to get back to normal. Um, but I do hope we get things back to normal. And But normal in the sense that we've moved forward, that we're stronger, that we're better. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm fine with the new normal as long as we're moving forward, right? Um, but I think the great reset, I think at some point in 2021, we are going to be able to open the doors of new life again. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited about returning as a church uh, together. And we're going we're, we're gonna to have to overhaul everything. I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to need new teams. We're going to need new leaders. We're going to need new groups. You know, the world is coming out of trauma and we, the church have to be ready with our arms open mm-hmm. to, to bring the healing that only Jesus can bring. And so I think for 2021, you know, there's going to come a moment where we're going to call you all back into the game. Mm-hmm. And I hope that today that we can all decide to say yes. When we get that call, we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready to step back into the discipline of 
showing up early, of serving, of making time in our week uh, to gather, to meet, to pray and support each other. Mm -hmm. Um, That we can decide right now, okay, when that day comes, we're going to say yes. We're going to be ready. We're going to ask what our part is. We're going to reevaluate our gifts and our strengths and what we want to bring to collaborate together as a church family. And I can't wait for that day. I think it's going to be amazing. That's, yeah, that's awesome. So, what about you? Well, I'm just going to say ditto. <laughs> ditto to that. Uh, and, and I think, like, I'm excited for 21 from, for a few reasons. But one, it's, this is really going to be now our second lap. Yeah. Stepping into this. And, and I hope that in that second lap, we get to have greater proximity because we're going to be walking out of COVID mm-hmm. with you. Greater mm-hmm. proximity of being church together in this, this county, in our city. So that we can share this message of hope, of of Jesus, of life with mm-hmm. with our with our context, um, and I'm looking forward to that. and And I have hope for 21, mm-hmm. um, but it's not simply a, a hope that things will get better. Like for me, there's a sense of no, I have hope for 21 because I have hope in. The one who's a part of our story. Absolutely. Um, and I, I think there's, there's it, let's be optimistic. Let's, let's, mm-hmm. but I think hope that we're called to or the hope that we're offered in following Jesus is deeper than just optimism. Yeah. I think it's a hope that's placed in the confidence of who God is in our story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was just thinking on this conversation, and there's a passage I wanted to share in this, this part of our convo. Um, where Paul's writing just to encourage some of the, the early Christians living in Rome, and he's, he's pointing them back to the story of Abraham with this concept of hope. Um, and so Abraham was this guy that God came to and said, Abraham, I want to do a work through you, your family, you and your wife, Sarah. I want to, I want to actually bring the promised rescuer, Jesus, through your lineage. Mm-hmm. And I mean, God's just this brilliant mastermind working through the echoes of history mm-hmm. to bring his goodness to us for all time. And so this, so Paul's reflecting on that and he's talking about this idea of hope. And so I just, I want to read this. Mm-hmm. And so this is Romans, Romans chapter four. And this is what Paul's talking about here. And, and he writes this, he says, even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And, and I love that sense that you see there with Abraham. Mm-hmm. Like Paul says, there's no reason for hope. And we'll see why in just a minute. But I think if we want to have the hope that, that God offers us, it requires a tenacity. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I'm not giving up on you because I know you're not giving up on me. And this is where Abraham's at. So even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God had said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. God said, look at the stars in the sky, Abraham. That's what I'm going to produce through you in this world. And there's, I'm going to bring bring my good story through you. Um and so Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so oh was Sarah's womb. And I think there's these times where it's easy to lose hope when we feel like God's delaying in the story. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so much of right now. Like, yeah. God, what is going on? And, you know, the vaccine is imminent, but how long till we're, we're all able to step into back to normal? And I think it's easy to lose hope when it feels like God's delaying his timing. Um, but I love what, what Paul's pointing us to. Like Abraham, like he didn't give up. Mm-hmm. Even though, and he kept hoping, even though that looked like there would be no reason to hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's why. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this, he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. Wow. 
And I think that's, that's the reason we can hope because our hope is in him mm-hmm. and God has promised to do good in all of our stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus shows up because he said, I've come to, to give you life, life to its fullest. And, and yes, there's that someday hope of eternal life being fulfilled when he restores all things, but that's a reality that's begun in our lives right now. And so as we walk into 21, I have hope because I know God is walking with us right now yeah. as individuals and as a church. And, and so I would just say new life, like we're in this with you. Yeah. Uh, and we have hope that God is at work in our collective story. And I believe in the coming year and the years to follow, we're going to see God do some incredible things mm-hmm. in us and through us. Uh, we're going to see people that we've lost along the way returning because God's doing the work in their story and we'll embrace them and say, come on, let's chase after him. And we'll see people that we maybe never thought would ever want to be a part of the story, stepping into this thing that God is doing as we play our part, as we share in this mission of wanting to help people discover and experience new life in Jesus. As, as we love our context, love others the way Jesus loves all of us. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see God do some incredible things. Um, and, and I'd love to tell you in, in my seat, is, in our seats, is some of the, the, the pastors in our church, here's the timeline, here's the plan, but that's, that's not, it's not in our purview. Up in here. Um, but God's got, that, God's got that covered, and we're just going to continue to chase him together as we go into it. Um, so yeah, so hey, 2020 is wrapping up. Thank God. So we want to say peace out 2020. (laughs) Uh, We will not miss you. Uh, (laughs) And as we roll into 21, we have hope that God is at work and good days are ahead of us. And we're going to chase after that. So that's our conversation. Love it. Love it. So we wanted to invite you into that with us. And uh, would you, would you pray for us? Absolutely. For us as a church as we roll into this coming year? Yeah. Oh, Father, what a year. And yet, even in that, we give you thanks uh, for what you've done and what you're doing, that you can take uh, difficult things and that you can turn them for our good, that you can use them for our good. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I just pray for our church. I pray for a new life. I pray your blessing upon us in 2021, that you would fill us with hope, that you would fill us with strength, that mm-hmm. you would keep us healthy and strong uh, physically, spiritually, and emotionally, God. And we just commit this year to you. And we know that we can seed, Father, but you are the one that makes us grow. And Mm -hmm. so would you Mm -hmm. grow us? Mm -hmm. And would you um, show us what you're doing in our city, in our community? Show us how we can partner with you. Show us how we can use the things that you've given us um, to bring you glory, Father, because we love you so much. And we're so thankful for you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. In your name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Happy New Year. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.